Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Well, are you ready to get in the Word this morning? Yes? Okay. Get your Bibles out. We're going to jump straight into it. And um, we're actually kicking off a new series today, which is called Holy Habits. And um, the tagline for this series is called Positioning Yourself for God's Best. Does anyone here want to position themselves for God's best? Yeah, good. Um, so each week we're going to be looking at these different spiritual disciplines, uh, prayer, fasting, rest, uh, fellowship, all these things. I mean, how good is it that we have a God who says that rest is a part of what we need to do? I love that, man. I'm signing up for that for sure. Um, but we're going to give you the opportunity over this next season. Each one of us will have this opportunity to step into some things that God's calling us into, which we're believing are going to pull us closer to Him. And uh, some of you will remember that we've done this series before. We did it during COVID online in hubs. Does it, how many people remember doing that? Yeah, great. Well, we thought it was so good that we're doing it again. And uh, I believe it's going to be a real blessing. If you have your Bible with you, Flick it open to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to get into the Word this morning. Mark 1, we're going to bounce through a few pieces of Scripture. So rather than sitting in one passage this morning, I'm going to just take you through a few. The purpose of that is, as you get into a book like Mark, you often see um, a theme and a pattern as you start to read, and I want to show you a few things and jump around a few pieces of Scripture in the first few chapters this morning. So Mark chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 16. Is anyone happy to be in church today? This is good, isn't it? I just had a couple of weeks off, and uh, I often go and visit other churches when I have some time off, but I really just wanted to be here. I, I know that sounds kind of cheesy, uh, but it's true. And so I may have watched online. Uh, <laughs> some people say I'm not meant to do that. Uh, but anyway, it was great. Mark 1, 6, verse 16. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired Men, Zebedee's a cool name. Hey, just say that three times quickly to the person next to you. Zebedee, Zebedee, Zebedee. You're getting some deep teaching right there. Soak it up. All right, now flick to um, chapter 2, verse 13 with me. Mark 2, verse 13, it says, Then Jesus went out to the lake shore 
again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. All right, another one. Flick over to chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. So we know that Jesus was sent by the Father. He's the Son of God. He was sent to earth to live, to die, to be raised to life and to return to the right hand of the Father. In doing so, in dying on the cross, He paid the one-time penalty for our sin and opened the door for us to receive forgiveness for our sin and be able to step into relationship with the Father and receive life and life to its fullest, both now and forever. This is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Does anyone love that message? That's the best message you will ever hear. And so that was Jesus' primary mission. That is the reason He came to earth and that was the plan. But in coming to earth and walking around on earth, there were other things that Jesus did as well. And so while he was walking around in human flesh, there were some key missions that Jesus had. And one of those key missions was to teach on and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And I want to show you some more scriptures. Flick back to Mark chapter 1 now. Mark 1 Verse 21, it says, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. All right, now flick over to verse 32. It says that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons. Jesus taught on the kingdom of God and he demonstrated the kingdom of God. Now, many people in that time, many people would have actually referred to Jesus as rabbi. So rabbi uh, was a Hebrew word. It's a term that means teacher or religious leader. And so a lot of what Jesus did was teach his disciples what what the kingdom of God looked like. And so essentially he was saying to them, there are two ways to live. One way is the kingdom way and one way is the way of the world. And I'm going to teach you and show you what it looks like to live the kingdom way. This is the Jesus way of living. 
And so he gave them this invitation to come and to follow me. It was the invitation to become a disciple of his and see and hear what it looked like to do this. Now, here is the thing, is that the invitation to follow Jesus is still there for each one of us today. Amen. Are there any followers of Jesus in the room today? Yes, there's a few. Okay, that's good. So the big question is, what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? To be a follower of Jesus has kind of become a trendy term in the church these days. It was a term that kind of replaced at some point this term of being a Christian. Now we know that we know what it means in general to be a Christian, but at one point that wasn't as cool as it became to be a follower of Jesus. Follower of Jesus was more specific and it actually helped people just associate themselves with probably being a little more hardcore than a Christian, right? Does anyone know what I'm saying? Okay. So there is a thing today where if you were to probably talk to the average Christian, no one in our church, mind you, other places, <laughs> and say, what does it look like to you to be a follower of Jesus? I think some key things would stand out. It would be that um, I attend church occasionally, not every Sunday, just occasionally. Um, I've cut back on my swearing. Has anyone, yeah, anyone done that? Um, occasionally, not going too well with that one. But yes, I swear less now. Um, I'm, I'm probably a nicer person since I've become a follower of Jesus. And um, sometimes the reality is I pray. When things get tough, I pray, all right? Now, is that all right? Everyone's all, everyone's all, he's getting a bit prickly here, isn't he? This is probably what the average Christian in Australia, in a Western context, if we boil down what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus today, this is probably some of the key things there. Now, what's, what's missing there are some real obvious things. Number one, that probably the Bible, reading the Bible is not part of that journey for the average Christian anymore. And probably um, learning to live in the power of the Holy Spirit is probably not a part of it anymore. And let me just point out that once you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that transaction of salvation takes place and you receive the Holy Spirit, that is the new difference in your life, that now you are called to live a Spirit-led, Spirit-empowered life. And so as followers of Jesus, if we're going to live in this space without the power of the Holy Spirit, then I think we're getting something drastically wrong. Are you with me still? Okay. So it's not hard for us to see that this is probably not the life that God had planned for a follower of Jesus. Now, if you don't mind a little bit of sarcasm, come with me to this meeting in heaven before Jesus comes to earth and the Father and Jesus are sitting there and they're having this discussion and Jesus is saying, so let me get this right. You're gonna send me to earth 
I'm gonna start as a baby. I'm gonna be born. Yep, that's right. Okay, and I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna live and I'm gonna die and I'm gonna pay the price for sin and I'm gonna return to heaven. And after that, once I return to heaven, there's gonna be all these people who are gonna call themselves followers of Jesus. And we are hoping that maybe church attendance increases a little bit and really that we deal with this issue of bad language. He's swearing, it's driving me nuts. And, and the Father's saying, that's exactly right, Jesus. This is what we want to achieve. <laughs> is that all right? Clearly, this is not the plan the Father had for us. For any one of us, this is not why Jesus came to earth. There was a different way. There is the Jesus way of living. And there's there's two ways. It's the Jesus way or the way of the world. And every one of us receives this invitation to go the Jesus way. Every one of us has this choice. Am I going to go the kingdom way or am I going to go the way of the world? And we get that choice every day when we wake up. And Jesus' invitation is there every day. Are you going to come follow me today? My question for each one of us as we head into this series is who are we following? What are we following? If we call ourselves followers of Jesus, are we really following Jesus? I'm asking myself these questions as well. So clearly as followers of Jesus, then we have some work to do to make sure that Jesus is the one we are following. Amen. Now, I did some preparation this week and did some research into this idea of rabbi and disciple. And man, I was blessed as I was doing this. And here's one thing that I thought was fascinating is that a huge number of scholars actually agree that the word in Scripture or the the word in Jesus' day, the language used for disciple is actually better translated to the English word apprentice. Does that help some people as you think about, okay, I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, what does that look like? All right, I'm an apprentice of Jesus. I kind of like that. That's a good way to describe myself. I thought, you know, if you're going to get cheeky and someone's like, hey, Dan, how are you going? What do you do with yourself? Well, I'm an apprentice. They go, oh, wow, okay, so what are you doing? I'm an apprentice of Jesus. And that's where the conversation will probably finish right there. (laughs) But isn't that cool? That's a cool translation, right? Now, the other thing I learned that stands out to me is that if a rabbi gave you the opportunity to become a disciple, it was a big deal. It was a really big deal. And there were some key things. We see some key things in our scripture. We see that that invitation to come and follow me, come and be my disciple, meant they stopped what they were doing and they left everything behind and they followed Jesus. It was a drastic decision. We see the fishermen left their father's business and they followed. He was probably expecting that they would carry that on. They dropped everything and followed Jesus. We see Levi, the tax collector, he was in a lucrative industry. He could basically print his own cash, left it behind and followed Jesus. So there were three key things that a disciple of Jesus 
uh, any disciple, sorry, would do. Three key outcomes. Number one is that you would be with your rabbi. It was 24-7. You would sleep side by side. You would eat together. You would walk from town to town together. You would go to synagogue together. There was this saying, this blessing in that time that said, may you be covered with the dust of your rabbi. And what it was implying is that as you walk from town to town, as you follow your rabbi and the dust kicks up off the road, that you would be covered in his dust. So number one objective is that you would be with your rabbi. Number two is that you would become like your rabbi. Now this, this they literally imitated their rabbi. They would start to talk the same way that their rabbi would talk. So much so that if people listened to them, they could even connect the dots with who, who their rabbi was. They would be with their rabbi, become like their rabbi and do what their rabbi did. And this is what Jesus said in Mark 3. He said that, that he would train them to preach and drive out demons. So isn't that a great example as we think about what it looks like to be a disciple, an apprentice of Jesus, to see what these objectives were in this time as people, as Jesus invited the disciples to come and follow him. And we have to look at this list, right, and go, as a follower of Jesus, how good am I at being with my rabbi, at becoming like my rabbi, and doing what my rabbi did. Now, we all know that hoping to do these things, hoping to become like Jesus is probably not going to be enough to get us there, right? That, that we're going to have to make some changes to do these things. And that's where holy habits come into this. Now, as soon as I start to talk about what we need to do with Jesus, for Jesus, this is when people start to get uncomfortable and they say, well, Dan's going into this area of works, bit sketchy on the teaching here. I want you to hear this. This is not works. This is not things that we do to earn our salvation. These are things that we do to lead us closer to Jesus And so we've come into salvation and now we want to grow in that place. The scripture says in fear and trembling, we come before him and we grow into who he wants us to be. And so I want you to hear this. This is not works. These are not the things that are going to get us into heaven. But these are the things that we do if we desire to grow in relationship with the Father. All right. Now, it's not hard to understand if we change what we're talking about here is that if you want to get fit and healthy and get some muscles and look like Toby Peacock down here, just a refined specimen, then you would know you're going to have to start looking at nutrition. You're going to have to start working out like this guy lifts heavy, right? And you're probably going to even have to have a look at your sleep patterns. You're going to need to rest properly so you can get some results, right? Now, everyone knows that, okay? Wishful thinking 
is not going to help you lose five kilos, right? If only it did, it would be amazing. Now, we know that. It doesn't mean that we do that, right? But we know that and we accept that. And in the same way, we can come to our spiritual life and we can have this hope that we might just somehow grow in our relationship with the Father or hear God more or suddenly just know the Bible better or pray more or something like that. And yet we know it, but we're not really prepared to do anything about it, right? So Jesus modelled to us, not works, Jesus modelled to us what it looks like to be in relationship, to be connected to the Father and live out of that space. And so we read the Scriptures, we know that regularly He retreated, He took time to connect with the Father, did all these things so that He could live for God. All right? Now stay with me here. Let me go a little bit deeper. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying, right? And so that would mean that the only way that Jesus could do this was to see with the Father's eyes, to get God's vision and to be able to hear the Lord. So that would mean that for us in the same way, if we wanna see what the Father sees and say what the Father says, then we have to start to think about what our eyes see and what our ears hear. Amen? Right now, some people are thinking, okay, what do my eyes see? What am I fixing my eyes on? And what am I, what's going in my ears, right? When Jesus did it, He was spending time with the Lord and saying, Father, help me to see as you see. And as I sit here, speak to me, Lord, so that I can know what you want to say to your people, right? So our hope for that to occur is it's unlikely that that's going to happen without us doing something, without us positioning ourselves to be able to receive what the Father has for us. Amen? Okay. Stay with me. I know some people are like, this is heavy, Dan. Can you just tell me what I have to do? All right. We're coming to that. Let me give you a practical example before we move on though. Um, If you are, let's say you're a busy person, always busy, always things on the to-do list, not a lot of downtime, anything like that. You might describe yourself as uh, feeling stressed, overwhelmed. You might describe your life as chaos. You probably say, oh, it's kind of organised chaos, but it's chaos, right? Now, wouldn't it be crazy to know that a little bit of time with the Father who has peace available for us, could change everything. That we could navigate even a busy season and a lot of demands with peace and strength because we've received from the Father and that that one thing in itself could change our life. Wouldn't it be crazy not to do that? You're like, well, I'm just too busy to slow down and spend time with God. We all need to do that, right? We all need that. So there's a little example for you. Let me start to get practical for you. It's holy habits that help us become like Jesus. Richard Foster uh, wrote this book about spiritual disciplines and in it he says this, a farmer is helpless to grow grain. 
All he can do is provide the right conditions for growing the grain. He cultivates the ground, he plants the seed, he waters the plants and the natural forces of earth take over and up comes the grain. This is the way it is with spiritual disciplines. They are a way of sowing to the Spirit. The disciplines are God's way of getting us into the ground. They put us where He can work within us and transform us. By themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. They are God's means of grace. Isn't that good? Now, as we start to talk about these spiritual disciplines, some people are just not going to like the word discipline, right? (laughs) That's a bad word. That's a scary word. But I want you to hear this. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Okay? I'll say that again. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. And I was thinking about this and we live in a world of instant gratification, don't we? I'm going to lose some people with this, this um, story, illustration, but I was thinking the other day, there was this song on the radio came on, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Does anyone know this song? Well, that song came out when I was in high school, all right? And I remember, I've got this memory of one of my good friends. It was her birthday coming up and someone said to her, uh, what do you want for your birthday? And she said, I really want breakfast at Tiffany's. At the time, I didn't know that was a song. And I was thinking like, what do you want breakfast? Like, what is this place? Tiffany's. Anyway, what she meant is that when the single came out on CD, compact disc, that she was hoping someone would go to the store, the CD store, and buy that for her. And that on her birthday, she would unwrap it and go, oh, I love this song, and go and put it in her CD player and play this song, right? Delayed gratification. Today, if we want to hear a song, we can have it in seconds, right? We live in this world where if we want something now, we can have it now. We also live in this world where we often don't see behind the scenes and we don't get to witness discipline in action. Social media is the best for this. I love there's this new trend out on, well, not new, there's this trend on social media where people have had enough with putting up all the highlights and say the person who's fit and buff, now they kind of put the real photo up, right? And that's the photo after they've, had a Big Mac meal and they're breathing out and the lighting's bad and they don't look so buff anymore. Or there's these holiday ones, the photos where, you know, there's one person on this stunning beach, blue water, and then they show the kind of photo looking back the other way. And in reality, there's buses lining the street and thousands of people on the beach and they're all doing the same thing, trying to get this shot that pretends no one else was even there, right? Social media, media cuts out all the discipline. Think about the, the photo that someone posts from the mountaintop of the sunrise coming up with some amazing caption that inspires you as you sit on the toilet scrolling through social media. <laughs> it doesn't show that that person had to get up really early, in the dark, in the cold. It doesn't show 
It's not a photo of the garage door and they're like, this is where I bumped my head because it was dark this morning. It doesn't show them having to drive to the mountain to stop and get fuel. It doesn't show them climbing up the mountain. It doesn't show them having to go home. And when they get home, the wife's pulling her hair out and the kids are going crazy. And she says, I hope you had fun climbing the mountain. Not that that's what happens at our house. Just saying. We miss out on seeing this discipline. We see the podium shots. We don't see the shots of that person training for six years, waking up early every morning, projecting KFC, doing everything that's required so they can be the best. And we get used to this instant gratification. In the Scriptures... Paul says this, he says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And I wanna ask you this big question today. Based on who you want to become, what is one habit that you need to start? As we head into this series, we're gonna see more and more that we need to be intentional about growing in our faith. And it is gonna require us to make changes so that we can grow closer to the Father. Many years ago now, um, I I, I heard some teaching and did some courses about uh, finances as a follower of Jesus, how we steward our finances. And as I received that at the time, I decided that I'm gonna be someone who tithes, who gives regularly, Of all my income, I'm going to give that to the Lord, give that to the church. And when Lisa and I got married, this became something that we agreed we were always going to do. Today, I can stand here and tell you honestly that we have tithed consistently for over 20 years now. It didn't happen overnight. We had to start at some point. When I first became a surrendered follower of Jesus, I had someone in my life who was very strong on the practice of reading God's Word and spending time with the Father every single day. That was a new thing for me. I used to read the Bible about once a year. So it was a very new thing for me. But I started this practice. As time went on, another mentor came into my life He helped me work out methods that really blessed me as I spent time with the Lord. Over time, another mentor came into my life. He helped me realise that the way that I connect best with the Father is through worship and nature. And so I started implementing this practice into my life. And now I can tell you that I stand here today and for over 20 years now, I have spent nearly every single day time in the Word and time with the Lord for over 20 years. Holy habits help us grow into who the Father wants us to be. You will have your list of things already that you realise I have to do these things if I wanna be connected to the Father and growing into who He wants me to be. Maybe there's more things. This is the question today. 
Who are we following? Are we really following Jesus? If so, what are we doing to follow Him? How are we following Him? How do we know we are following Jesus? So maybe you're someone and you want to know God's Word better. What's your new practice? Is maybe you're going to start with five minutes a day. You're going to start setting your alarm. You're going to open your Bible. You're going to find a reading guide or you're going to talk to someone else and say, I really need to start reading God's Word. Would you do it with me? I want to know God's Word. I want to know Him better. And that's going to be your new habit, five minutes a day. Maybe you're someone and you say, Lord, I want to see you impacting my children at home. Maybe you're going to start spending some time doing a a kid's devotional with them or praying for them every night or making sure that you're bringing them to youth ministry at Hope Community so they can get the good stuff. Maybe you realise, hey, I have never had a prayer life. Every time I hear about prayer, I feel guilty because I never pray. You know what works for me? I schedule it in. I have to be disciplined. I commit to several prayer meetings. The reason is because I want to pray and that makes me pray. How am I going to pray more? What is one habit I need to start to become that person? We all have things that God is desiring for us to grow in so that we can receive the blessing that He has for us in that space. And I wonder what that thing is for you. Based on who you want to become, what is one habit you need to start? Now, let's be really direct here. There are some habits for us that need to go. They are not helpful habits. And we need to find a habit that is going to replace that habit so that that habit that pulls us away from the Lord can go and we can start a new habit that draws us closer to the Father's heart. Amen. Right now, this message, that may be the one thing that God is highlighting to you. I know what the habit is and it needs to go. And I would encourage you today, do not leave this place without telling someone what it is and what change you want to make. Don't do it on your own. Do it in community. So over this series, we're going to learn about things that we can do that can help position us to receive God's best. Now I'm going to invite the team up and we're going to spend some time responding this morning and just saying yes to the Lord as we head out on this journey together. As I'd been preparing this message, God really challenged me. I was praying and I felt the voice of the Holy Spirit say, Dan, Would you be prepared to do things differently so you can follow me better? And I said, God, I just preach this stuff. Like, leave me alone. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) There was a part of me that kicked back, to be honest. And I said, God, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job of this. But then there was this other part, this surrendered part, the Holy Spirit in me that said, yes, Lord. If there is something I can do different so that I can be closer to you, show me what it is and I want to do it. I want to be closer to you. 
And here is our decision as followers of Jesus. Are we gonna follow Him? Is it gonna be the Jesus way or is it gonna be the way of the world? Is it gonna be the kingdom or the world? Which way are we gonna choose to go? And as we, as we step out into this series, one thing we cannot do is just start adding more to do things to our spiritual checklist. The only rightful place for these things is that they would be done out of a desire for us to get closer to the Father. And so this morning, I know this might be touchy for some people, but you might be here and saying, Dan, I I actually don't have that desire. And maybe today your prayer, maybe your response is, Lord, help stir this up for me that I would be consumed by a desire to know You more, to grow as a follower of Yours, where my love and my adoration is in other things, Help me reposition myself so it really can be about You. And I realise that that might be the prayer of your heart today. And for some people, you're here and you followed the Lord for a really long time and you've got some of these things in place and you feel like I've got a good pattern, I've got a good lifestyle, I know what it is to follow Jesus. And my prayer is that you might just open yourself up and say, Holy Spirit, If there is something different, something new, something more, something that needs to go, even though I'm a professional at this, help me to humble myself so that You can be first in my life, so that I can do everything to truly follow You. So that's our invitation today. And our invitation as we head into this series of holy habits. Can I invite you to stand on your feet? We're gonna pray. And I just ask this team to sing this song again so that we can join in this morning because it articulates so well this posture, this position that I believe God wants us to be in. As Jesus invited the disciples, as He invites you and I to follow Him, that we might grasp that it's 24-7 in His presence, that we'd be learning to be like Him, Christ-likeness, and that we'd be learning and moving in His power to do what He did that we could really become followers of Jesus. And so Father, for each and every one of us, myself included here today, Lord, for those joining us online, our prayer is that just by Your Holy Spirit now, that You would come and that You would reveal to us what it would look like to follow You closer. Maybe there's people here in the room today And they're choosing to follow You for the very first time. That they've never followed You before, that they've lived their own life their own way or followed other things. And today they're saying, Jesus, I'm I'm gonna give it a go Your way. I wanna become a follower of You. And so Lord, we pray that it'd be true for those people as well, that You would come and that You would show them the way. 
but for each and every one of us, Lord, that we wouldn't be stuck, that we wouldn't be standing still, that we wouldn't be following things that we even think maybe are You that aren't really You. Help us to become followers of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.